are back here on another episode of Fantasies from the Bedroom. Oh, that feels good to say. I am your host, Jake Weiss. It is Tuesday, uh, Thursday, October 7th, and I'm coming to you live where? From the Bedroom, because this is Fantasies from the Bedroom, where we make all <clears throat> your fantasies come true. And my friends, my friends, what a difference a week makes. I came to you last week downtrodden. I came to you last week in despair. And I came to you last week desolate and miserable for a variety of reasons, right? But centered around the, you know, the fragility and ongoing disappointment that was my fantasy team. The fragility and ongoing disappointment that was my favorite football team, the New York Jets. And the fragility and disappointment that was my baseball team, the New York Mets. And of course, by association, all frustration that comes with success from the cocksuckers on the other side of town, the New York Yankees. And I was in a dark place, not really seeing where I could get out. And yet, just a week later, just a measly, a measly, eight days later, Dominated in fantasy football last week. Loved my performance here. Feel great. Not only did the Jets win, I was there. The place was rocking. It was awesome. One of the more electric sporting events I've been to in the last few years. I, I, I was so shocked to have the stadium go that crazy. So great to see Zach Wilson so alive. And so exciting. Oh, my goodness. And then the nice little cherry on top. Just I, I was already doing great. And the little cherry on top. The Yankees get their asses kicked in Boston. Giancarlo Stanton somehow hits three home runs but only ends up with one because he hits it so low and hard that it just goes off the monster. And, you know, for all the hoopla this whole season and for all you assholes out there, you played one more game. You were in first place for like five days the whole season. And you're as miserable about your team and your future. I, I mean, it, it's awesome. It's awesome because you want to be different right now. And you're a little different. You made the playoffs five years in a row. I get it. I get it. Not much to show for it. You are at least backing up your nickname and being the evil empire in that you, you lose in the end. And every time you think you're coming back, you lose in the end. So, you know, I get it. You're true to your name. You keep coming back in different forms, right? The Empire of the First Order, doesn't matter. You lose in the end. So, you're catching me in a great mood. I imagine I'm probably more annoying and maybe sometimes less enjoyable to listen to on the pod when I'm happy. It's not really, from a sports fandom perspective, a state of being I know well. And what I do know, like all else in life, folks, I am self-aware enough to know that it is fleeting. So I am here to cherish it while it's happening, my fantasy victory, my Jets victory, my moral victory with the Yankees loss. So that's my little opening spiel. God, did that feel good. Uh, and yeah, we turn our attention to the Chappaqua Fantasy Football League. And look, folks, here's where we're at. Here's where we're at. We finished four weeks into the season. 
in terms of the real NFL season, that's what used to be a quarter, but 17 games makes everything complicated, but nearly a quarter of the way through the season. And I think that that means from a fantasy perspective, we're just almost at the one-third mark because I think now the playoffs start in week 14 because if there are 18 weeks, do we do four? No. Oh, so we're we're more like a fourth of the way there. All right, we got plenty of time, but I think I made that same mistake last week on the pod. So look, look, I'm, I'm trying to get better. But, you know, similar to the real NFL, you start to get a little sense of which teams may actually be legit in that they're consistent. And then this is also the part of the year where, and we're gonna, it's going to be a big theme where two things are happening. One, injuries start to meaningfully rear their ugly head, right? And certain teams get bit by the injury bug and survive or don't. And the other is it's finally been enough weeks that you'll start to see real waiver wire activity impact teams. And you'll also see higher and higher draft picks getting dropped because you're more willing to fully accept that they are busts. And that's going to be a theme that we talk about uh, when we look into between week four and week five. And we had a, uh, uh, a member of the audience provide some of that commentary. So really just an interesting time. And, and, you know, so we'll get right into it. And of course we'll do the recap, look at uh, where we're at um, overall in the league, look at the, Look at the, uh, excuse me, look at the standings and then look in the next week. I do want to send a shout out and an apology. You were supposed to get Connor Domershik this week on the pod and I bailed on him Tuesday night for work being too late. It's been an unfortunate couple weeks of work. Uh, you will get Connor next week, I hope, and that should hopefully start a rotating cast of guests. Would love to take requests. Happy to do individuals or teams, whatever you'd like. And if you do want to come on, and we'll obviously text about it, it can either be about your matchup or it could just be a broader interview, discussion, whatever you really want. And in general, if you want to hear other topics, let me know, the uh, the eight of you that actually listen to this thing. But we jump right in, week four. And, you know, it's funny, I feel like, I still haven't mentally adjusted to the fact that our rosters are different with a second quarterback and an extra flex that, you know, on average, we probably should be scoring like, what, 20 points more a week, right? If you think about kickers and defense, probably average like 20 points. And you think about a quarterback and a receiver, maybe average 30 points, maybe a little more. Uh, but when you see like Cerulli's for the losers scoring 161, now they still had an awesome week. But it's like you just got to remind yourself it's like a, it, it's not as good of a week as you think it is. Um, but it still is awesome. So Swirlies for the loser took down Peyton's man thing. Jackson A. Blues after getting off the schneid last week. And they lose 162 to 149. And, and it happened, folks. The shitty thing that happens to a couple teams every there. You've all been there. You're listening right now and you've been there. You score the second highest points in the week, in the league that week, and you lose because you played the one guy who scored more, and that's what happened to Peyton's man thing. Just absolutely brutal. 149 is an awesome week. I mean, this team got five 20-plus point performances. Five! 
That's fucking awesome. And, you know, they score 149. You can't ask for more. Uh, especially not from DJ Moore, pun, who put up 28. Uh, you know, look, the irony is I shat on Mike Williams last week. I said you got to cherish the weeks when he's really good. This week he puts up 1.6. If you put up his projected 14.48, I think they win the week. Or at least they come really close. But overall, awesome performances from Dak, Derrick Henry, Montgomery, DJ Moore and Rodgers. You take the uh, – it's tough. You know, uh, I got nothing really too bad to say for this team. I, they, they made all the right choices. Just things didn't go their way. On the other side, look, it, when a guy puts up 42 as Tyree killed it, you have to win. Because if you lose with 42, you, ne- you never live it down. So they got 42 from him and then 29 from calling it back to 2016. Matt Ryan with a comeback week. Look at that. And then just solid performances from the rest of the team. But 42 from Tyreek Hill. Uh, that guy feels like, uh, it, I mean, it's funny because like you look and it's like, how does he do that? But then last week, you know, the last two weeks, he had a total of eight catches for 70 yards. And it's like, is that, like, I just don't understand what motivates Tyreek Hill or not, but that team is really unstoppable. And it's really interesting that they're just so good and he's a fun guy to have on your fantasy team. So just, excuse me, you get the live yawn because I don't edit these pods. But, you know, this team had Julio get hurt and sit on the bench and they just didn't miss a beat. Like I said, I think this team is is uh, really, really good. And I feel kind of good because I feel like last week I like complimented how good they were. And uh, I was right. Um, so they get the W. And I have to imagine I picked them to win because – and I really should have re-listened and, and should do a better job of tracking. But you'll let me know. But I, I say that this is my favorite team, so I definitely picked them to win. So we move on to the next matchup. Jay and Brent – Took down David and Henry. Score of 124 to 101. Um, shout out Henry. Officially left the Upper East Side down in Fidei. Him and Josh are officially roomies. It's super cute. Wishing them all the best. Uh, David and Henry's team, which did play well last week, they, I think the real thing that killed them was the Teddy Bridgewater injury. And they lost by 24, so they probably would have lost, but... This is the this is what I mean by the injury bug. Logan Thomas gets hurt at the beginning of the game, zero points. Teddy comes out after a couple quarters or quarter, seven points. And, you know, if those two guys hit their projections, David and Henry are, like, right in this, and it becomes a, you know, a small thing. So just one of those tough situations. Oh, and they already had A.J. Brown on the bench. So, I mean, and T. Higgins was out. So this is a team really affected by the injury bug, right? And Jalen Waddle, who they picked up and started, only gave them five. Now, that means they started Jalen Waddle over Corey Davis. They're going to have to live with that shitty decision. But they make that decision. Just kind of have an average week. They do get a, a, good, a great week from Zeke, who it feels like is really rounding into form. Right after a bad first week, he's then had all performances over 17. And it feels like the Zeke from two or three years ago, where it's just like, you almost feel like it's hard for him not to accumulate 15-plus points, whether he's just going to gash him with actual rushing yards or get in the end zone. So 
that's exciting, but kind of an average performance. You know, I'm not down and out on this team again. If next week they get A.J. Brown, T. Higgins, and then they get Smart and they get Corey Davis in the lineup, all of a sudden this is a pretty stellar, pretty stellar lineup. So not too worried. On the other side of the ball, 124 is a pretty good week. It's not great. Um, they get awesome performances from Hertz and Burrow, right? The young second-year guys put up 50 fantasy points. And they get another good week in a row from Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I feel like finally Clyde Edwards-Hilaire has two back-to-back week, good weeks in his career. This team had a good bench. Performances from Hollywood Brown, Goddard, Zach Moss. They got to be excited. So this is just a solid team, right? It's nothing too crazy. Um, again, I don't love it. This was, you know, the rant where I said I, I don't really like anybody on the team. But the... But, now you're getting beaten into submission with just good performances. So, we'll see. The 3 and 1. Oh my gosh, guys, the yawns. I'm so sorry. It's so unprofessional. It is 11:20 p.m. at night. So, maybe that's what it is. With that, we move on to the next matchup and gang. If you're Jackson and Abe, you're looking at this matchup going, "What did we do to upset God?" Because while they put up 148 and lost, the only team putting up 161. Mesh and Rosen beat Robbie and Justin by scoring under 100. The score was 99 to 80.82. Just not, not a good matchup by any stretch. And, you know, I'm officially starting to get worried about gang green new deal. Uh, the Vikings thing didn't really work out this week with Kirk and Dalvin Cook playing poorly. C.D. Lamb's going to turn it around. Gaskin, not good. I'm, I don't love Kyle Pitts. I don't love their quarterback situation with Garoppolo out. You know, Allen Robinson seems like he's going to be a bit of a bust. Justin Fields, even in a full start, still only put up eight. I, I'm very, very worried about this losing team. Um, and, you know, I, I hope for their sake they figure out a way to resolve it, but I don't know. And then Mesh and Rosen... Had, I mean, granted, they didn't put up a lot of points, but they had the week where, look, Mesh and Rosen used the number one overall pick on Mahomes, and then, like, their third or fourth or maybe even fifth pick, I forget, fifth pick on Stafford. So they need to do well in the quarterbacks, and this week their quarterbacks put up 53 fantasy points, outscored the other team's quarterbacks by over 30, and Mesh and Rosen got one other double-digit performance from their whole team, but they won the week. Again, they put up, you know, this was the anti-Jackson and Abe. And then had Mesh and Rosen played any other team in the league, they would have lost. So Mesh and Rosen came in 0-3. They get their first win by putting in another piss-poor performance, but they just went up against somebody even worse. So it'll be really frustrating to me if, like, Mesh and Rosen sneak into the sixth spot now with this currently crap team the team gets hot and they like win it all and I have to look back and blame Robbie and Justin for for losing here but it is very appropriate given Robbie and Justin's name and where they stand politically right you got to support those in need so Mesh and Rosen suck putting up bad performance who else to play but the you know the gangrene new deal who dole out the fantasy support and give them the W so well, you know, we'll see. These are two teams that I'm pretty concerned about, and not really because I think of major injury bug. I just, 
you know, did they draft wrong? Guys not playing well? Who knows? But we'll see uh, how, how this all plays out. Mesha Rosen did get a little uh, beat down by the 49ers injury bug. And it also seems like Brandon Ayuk might stink. So with that, we go to what I think was just like the closest matchup of the week. Oh, I guess the other, the man thing and Swirlies was a big, was a close matchup. But Connor and Pot lose to Brian and Jason, 118 to 130. And Brian and Jason, just like that, quietly, slowly, right back in first place. Um, I pick against them all the time, and all they do is propel themselves forward. So there they are in first place. Connor and Pot, they get a shit, shit week from Tunyon. A shit, shit. Oh, this is the team. This, these fucking guys, man. I literally said I don't think they should start Beckham. They could have started either of Cordell Patterson and Kareem Hunt. If they'd started Kareem Hunt, they'd be tearing their eyes out because I think they would have lost by less than a point. If they started Cordell Patterson, they would have won the week. I mean... I don't know what the obsession with Beckham was. That sucks. This team is still so good. And James Robinson, now that he's healthy, just picked up where he left off last year. I'm pretty sure these guys also had Eckler last year. I even think they might have had Hopkins last year. So they might have even had Josh Allen last year. No, maybe maybe Weissman and Kess had Josh Allen last year. But this team... They're just flat out good. I like their team. They just got to get it right with their bench situation. It feels like so far they've had a couple weeks where they haven't. On the other side, Brian and Jason, Saquon Barkley seems determined to shove it down my throat, right? After I crapped on him the last two weeks, averaging over 20 points over those two weeks. And then out of nowhere, we get this monster Debo Samuel performance, and he is playing great this season. And it's like, this is just why fantasy is so hard. It's like, Debo Samuel shouldn't be like the 19th ranked fantasy player. But here he is. Great week. 32 points. They survive a terrible quarterback week. Brady and Baker combining for 20. You know, this team, they bench Daniel Jones for Baker. And Daniel Jones goes off. Daniel Jones is officially a good fantasy quarterback. I mean, he's like a must start now. Uh, But they survive there. Uh, good win for them, right? That's a gritty performance. Guys in the locker room are going to be really pleased with that. Uh, it's just good, good team chemistry over there, led by Saquon. You know, another, uh, I mean, a down week for Aaron Jones, and they, they fight through. So just kudos to them, a good week, and, and there they stand in first place. And then finally we go where Evan and Jake, Akko Wysenko, take down the former first place Statman and Mitch, and... I can't believe I'm going to say this. In the year 2021, I never imagined I would say this. For three years as a Jets fan, I dreamed that I would say this. But the win this week is on the shoulders and more aptly on the legs of Sam Darnold who puts in a 33-point fantasy performance. This guy's awesome. What a pickup. And then we just kind of get solid performances from a couple other guys, but he really carried the day. What we didn't do is we had nobody go under eight points. So we had none of the dud performances, and then we had a bunch of kind of small double-digit performances. So just a solid accumulate-the-points kind of week. Nobody really disappointing. And then on the other end, the Chris Carson injury helped. The Melvin Gordon injury helped. 
Don't know why Juju just couldn't get off the schneid. But, uh, you know, this is a team that started three Seahawks, and Carson and Lockett just, you know, the ball just didn't come their way, and it easily could have. So, uh, you know, the Seahawks kind of scored through other means. So, lucky there. I mean, this is still a, a pretty good team, I think. A uh, little bit by the injury bug with Damian Harris kind of bad. Claypool was out. They got the Carson and Gordon thing. So I still think Stamina Mitch have a good team for the long run. Uh, but definitely you start to get a little worried. And I feel like they started 2-0. Now they lose two in a row. Uh, but feeling pretty happy about the team's performance here. Um, but I'm going to segue in that one of the guys who played mediocre again. And the reality is if you look at his stats, he's like never... Never had a week below eight, which is fine because he's never been like a total dud, but has not had a double-digit week. Is this fucking Mike Davis? And Mike Davis is like exactly why fantasy guys tell you there's that running back dead zone, right? And like in the middle rounds, it's just like the running backs can be so frustrating. But I think what's most frustrating about this is... um is like the one thing about Davis was he's going to get volume. There's no competition. There's nobody else. So if he doesn't perform, it's because either game script really screws him or he's just not good. And just like that, all of a sudden, in week two, core Daryl Patterson comes out of nowhere. And now this guy's just everywhere. And I also have Ridley and Patterson's affecting him. And it's like, this is why it sucks. And look, like I said, it's week five, and you eventually get comfortable just cutting ties, and that's exactly what we did. Cut ties with Mike Davis this week. And I had Robbie point out to me that Mike Davis is more a result of a bigger epidemic in that in the sixth and seventh rounds, we have already had... Six guys, six guys, and we are only in week five. Six guys in those first, in those two rounds, be either seriously hurt or dropped. Say so that again. Six guys already hurt or dropped. Gus Edwards, out for the season. Mostert, out for the season. Mike Davis, dropped because he sucks. Miles Gaskin, dropped because he sucks. Brandon Ayuk, dropped because he sucks Jerry Judy out for a significant portion now there are and you know I would argue Julio Jones kind of a bust Damian Harris kind of a bust now there were some good picks in those rounds DJ Moore in the six is turning out to be the best pick of the draft right that guy's unbelievable and then of non-keepers T Higgins in the sixth what at time felt like maybe a reach looks pretty good I would say Hawkinson in the seventh maybe looks good. But overall, right, like you're going to look back. Those were some difficult rounds, and there's just a lot of disappointment. Um, and that's very, very interesting to see and think about. And ironically, you look in round eight, and there are guys like Claypool, Chase Edmonds, Kareem Hunt snagged who, uh, you know, who are putting up some better seasons. So very, very interesting to kind of – Think about why that happened, right? And I just think in general, 
Uh, this was a tough year where like it was very unclear who was going to be good or not, but very interesting to see all the, you know, this was the week where we finally kind of cut ties with the guys who weren't good. And like we've said, we've had some major injuries in that time as well. So, <clears throat> excuse me, you're getting all everything. Yawn, sneezes, coughs, can't stop. So, we will see how it all plays out. As we head into week five, Jason and Brian sit up in first, three and one, but only two points ahead of Brent and Jay. It's the tennis players at the top. So those two only separated by two points, both playing really well. And kudos to Jay and Brent to have used zero dollars of their waiver budget. That's just a team that drafted well, right? Uh, that is just a team that drafted well. So kudos to them. We then got six teams all bunched up at two and two. And then two teams at one and three. So the good news is we don't got four and O teams, don't have O and four teams. This is still anyone's league. Tons of parody, tons of fun. That means tons of chaos, but also means a lot of good teams. So with that, we head into week five and look at some of the matchups, and we'll try and go through this quickly. We get Matt and Kess playing Robbie and Justin. If I'm not mistaken, this is the last week before we get the other element that always sends fantasy into a frenzy. This is our last week without bye weeks. So starting next week, we'll start to get some, uh, you know, bye week action. And Kesson Weissman, bitten by the injury bug. Joe Mixon likely going to sit out this week. Looks like they didn't get P. Ryan. Right now they got Julio Jones slotted in there, but I don't think Julio's going to play either. So we'll have to make a Kenny Galladay, James Conner decision there. And, you know, but this team still has Tyreek, Keenan Allen, Kamara, and Taylor. I just can't get over it. And I love Chase Edmonds. On the other side, Gangrene New Deal, who I hated, said their team sucks. Fan is, Yahoo loves them. Projected 140 points, which is like one of the top two in the league or something like that. Uh, I think it has to do with Minnesota playing Detroit. So all three of their Minnesota guys are nearly projected 20. Kyle Pitts gets the Jets, so he's projected 13. That seems ridiculous. And we get the debut of Trey Lance. In the wake of the Garoppolo injury, they go to Trey Lance. They pay a lot of money for him. A lot of money. How much money? What are you talking about? They paid. They paid. $35 for Trey Lance, and nobody bid even a dollar on him. Eat your heart out. Just an absolute nightmare. Um, by the way, quick aside on the waivers. A week after paying $24 for Peyton Barber, Jackson and Abe know how to cut their losses, and boom, $19 for Damian Williams, and who do they drop? Peyton fucking Barber. That's the type of willing to cut ties that you love to see. But, man, Robbie and Justin paying $35 for Trey Lance. Well, the good news is they're at least starting him. So we'll see how that goes. Um, look, I think that this week they have the better team. But I think that I just love Kesson Weissman's team, and I got to uh, back him. So I'm taking Kesson Weissman to bring home the W in what would be an upset projected on Yahoo. Jackson and Abe versus Jay and Brent. And let's see. I mean, I mean, 
you know, I just like Jackson and Abe's team, but they are going to have to live without David Montgomery. Uh, wow, they picked up Damian Williams, but they think their team is so good that right now he's not even in the starting lineup. They're going with A.B., Jamar Chase, and Mike Williams over him. We'll see if that holds, but very, very interesting. I mean, that is a deep, good team, man. Deep, good team. They should be way higher and better than they are. And over on the other side, Jay and Brent. It's another good team, though. Like I said, I don't love their guys. Uh, doesn't seem like they're too messed up by the injury bug beyond what Judy has. Doesn't feel like they're starting too many pickups. This is the team they drafted, and it's playing well. Has them in second place. They're red hot, but I think Jackson and Amen, who just keep putting up points and losing, things are going to go their way this week. They get the victory. Now we head into Mesh and Rosen versus Brian and Jason. Reigning champs versus second reigning champs. This is going to be a tight one. Mesh and Rosen, you know, they need a big week from the Chiefs. And maybe it's a Buffalo game will be a shootout and they get that. On the other hand, this is just a strong team. And my goodness, does Yahoo love Brian and Jason's team. You know what? I'm going to do a favor to the league. I'm going to pick Brian and Jason to win because when I pick them to lose, they win. And because I'm a mush, so now they're going to lose. I do think that this week their team's probably better. Uh, Mesh and Rosen, you know, doing what they do, sneaking on the waiver wire, getting Samaj P. Ryan. You know, Michael Carter, Michael Pittman, should one of those guys be in for Cole Beasley? I don't know. Henry Ruggs, we're going to see. They have a lot of those kind of guys, so it could be a week where they all perform. But I'm going to go with... Jason and Brian getting the win. We move to our second-to-last matchup. We have Connor and Pot playing Statman and Mitch. And I'll admit, I can be a little biased here because I have seen the results of the Thursday night game, so I know how Statman and Mitch's guys performed, quote, poorly. But looking at Connor and Pot, I told you, I love their team. They finally got smart in their starting Cordell Patterson. Shout-out, by the way, reminder... To everyone, Jets-Falcons in London, 9.30 a.m. start. Get up early, maybe a little 9 a.m. beer, huh? How about it? 9.30 a.m., always fun to have some guys in that game. You get your fantasy juices started early. But that means instead of eight hours of commercial-free football, we get 11 hours of commercial-free football. Come on, baby. Come on, baby. Let's go. And by the way, I said eight because that's what red zone is, but I'm realizing that red zone doesn't include the Sunday night game, so we normally get 11 hours. So now we get 14. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. What a Sunday I had. Connor and Potter are going to smash these guys. It's not even going to be close. It's just not even going to be close. I don't even know what to say. Lastly, you got the two teams with Akko in their name, but weirdly enough, only one of them has Akko on their team, but we all know obsessions obsessions and with that we look at the matchup and oh my goodness oh my goodness Christian McCaffrey definitely has a chance to return for Sunday's game you're seeing me react to it live right now I actually would prefer he didn't play because I know what's going to happen is he's gonna play and only play half the game or whatever but here's the deal here's the deal everyone we picked first or second and we took Christian McCaffrey and then with our second pick, we took Calvin Ridley. 
with our sixth pick, as we've noted, we took Mike Davis. Now, if McCaffrey doesn't play this week, we just got the news today that Calvin Ridley is out for, quote, personal reasons. Now, this rant could be very insensitive because it obviously could be going on, his family, whatever, whatever. But you just can't imagine what it's like to have your fantasy guy say he's out for personal reasons. So we're missing our first-round pick, our second-round pick, and obviously we dropped our sixth-round pick. And especially if McCaffrey doesn't play, we are going to be starting in our fantasy lineup five guys we picked up already this year. Sam Darnold, Trey Sermon, Jacoby Myers, Latavius Murray, and, and Chuba Hubbard. And you know what? I've never felt better about our team. This is where we thrive. We draft terribly. We pick up a lot. We scrap by. That's what we do. We scrape and we claw and we scratch our way into good weeks. We're going to see what happens. But you know what? I almost don't want McCaffrey to pray. No McCaffrey. No Ridley. Rally the locker room. Second string guys step up. Akko Weissenko take the victory. I will say I went on a whole little rant about how exciting it is to have guys in the Atlanta game only to have it dawn on me that Ridley's out. We dropped Davis, so I have nobody in the London game, which is what I meant earlier. And they have Corey Davis, so not only do they have somebody, but now I got to do that awkward thing where it's like, I'm like rooting for the Jets, but I'm not. Son of a bitch. Uh, that's all right. We'll be okay. Uh, we're going to win. We're going to win. I don't know how, but we're going to win. There you go. That's your recap. Uh, where we're at, just, you know, loving it. And like I said, we'll start to get interviews next week. Hopefully we get into some new topics. I love doing this. And yeah, it's 11.42. This was episode... Technically four because I missed one. Or three. Three because I missed one. Week four recap. Week five preview. I've been your host, Jake Weiss. This has been Fantasies from the Bedroom, where we make all your fantasies come true. And we'll see you next time. Second time.